Uh, I'm going to go with in the quarterback room and I'm going to say Tate Rod. I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton going at it, battling very well. But I think in the end, I think. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. We are here on this wonderful, fantastic Thursday evening. We got a lot to talk about tonight. A good, a good little bit here. We got some recruiting. We got ACC Media Day coming up. Florida State just had a new addition onto their staff, big time, uh, with helping out recruiting in that Georgia area with Kenyatta Watson joining. Uh, we've got a few commitments coming up soon for some FSU targets. Dustin's going to give us a lay down on that, and hopefully Nate will be here too to join in. Uh, then also, we're going to give. Each of us, one bold prediction for the season ahead. One bold prediction before fall camp begins, actually. So we'll be giving you guys that. I know everybody's just anticipating it like crazy. We're gonna, You just have to calm down a little bit. It will be later on in the show. And then Austin's got some nuggets. Now, he's not going to share fully all the nuggets. He shared all of them with our guys, our members in the Discord. But Austin's got some latest with Florida State basketball, some things. Getting interesting for Leonard, Leonard Hamilton and recruiting for that next upcoming class. So, gentlemen, what's good? Happy Thursday. Good to see you. We're getting, we're, these are the last couple shows until things start getting interesting where we'll be talking about football practices. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How's the That was the again? weirdest way oh, to yeah. say that. <laughs> that was like, are you okay? He's are not you in on, danger? Fellas? Are you in danger? How are we doing tonight? He's got a gun to his head off off camera. Yeah. Are you okay? Did, did just recently get a firearm, and it does scare me a little bit. So, Why'd you get a firearm? My brother got a firearm. Oh. So what does that have to do with you saying, acting really because weird? Because my younger brother has a gun, and it's just, you know, he might be outside right now. Okay. Well, I don't have for any further comment. I play into it. I don't know. Well, gentlemen, Austin, how you doing? How are things going? Chilling, just chilling. Thursdays are my day off. It's always a good day. It is. It is. It's, it's even better because you're here with us. You get to hang out with us. I don't think we got to. Did we get to see you last week? It was two weeks ago. Oh, two weeks ago. I'll That's right. Week. I'm sorry. I guess I must have not really remembered too much. Damn. It How's the knee? Sorry. The knee's doing good, guys. The MRI came back, and it's a just seems to be just a partial tear in my MCL. Uh, so no surgery, 
and that's a good thing. Don't have to go through all that crap. So I'm just rehabbing now and hopefully by August heading into Doe Campbell's or September and in Doe Campbell's stable, I'll, I'll be able to like jog in there and such. So um, sounds like they got you out, got you on some good pain pills. No, no pain pills for me. Uh, sadly, I just have to go through and be a regular man, Dustin, a hardworking man and go through the pain and grow some chest hair. Can we see if you can walk right now, like in the background? I can walk. It's just like a, it's like a bad limp. I look like a doofus. Can you do a squat? Uh, no, I cannot. I don't think that would be suggested by my doctor either. <laughs> you just said you're a real man, though. I, mean, I am a real man. I am a real man. But sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm not going to hurt myself even more just for you, even for the views. I'll do a lot of things for YouTube views and Twitter views and all that, but I'm not going to snap my leg. Really, that just depends on how many views. Really, anyways. Uh, let's jump into everything before we get started, guys. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Google Play. If you're on YouTube right now, definitely appreciate it if you hit that like button. It helps out a ton with the videos and gets it out there to more FSU fans. Uh, and also, if you're on iTunes listening right now, definitely appreciate it if you leave a five star rating, leave a review. We would definitely appreciate it. That's all we got to say. Quick and easy. Let's jump into some content here. So first off, Florida State just made a new hire. Mike Norvell is not done and definitely in the recruiting game. He is staying hot, striking with Kenyatta Watson. Uh, He's been named as a director of player relations at Florida State University. I talked about this on the Mark Rogers show last night, but it seems like this is a combination. You you were kind of looking at Kenyatta Watson and also Bartow. You know who's gonna who who's who two of those were gonna be the higher and so you take Bartow first. Mike Norvell gets him, and then you know some people were like, well, you know, there's still Watson out there. Boom, out of nowhere, Mike Norvell takes and grabs Watson out of Georgia. He's got a big time pipeline, and there a lot of connections and networking, and he's all around a lot of these camps and these athletes. And I think it's a big thing, not only maybe just for football, but maybe a little bit into some basketball too. He's got so many connections up there in Atlanta. There is some prime talent up in that area. As we know, Florida State is trying to excel hard in getting those Florida pipelines fixed, and Bartow has been a great help with that, and also up north now in Georgia a little bit. Yeah, um, Mike Norvell is not playing around when it, when it comes to recruiting right now. I mean, we've seen what Florida State's doing when it comes to landing players, and then they're just continuing to, to put people in place to carry that momentum and just further the connections this program has. You already said it, Logan, but, you know, Ryan Bartow, he really dominates when it comes to Florida connections. And, I mean, we've seen some of the things he's done scouting-wise already since he's got to Florida State. So I would I would say Watson is basically what Bartow is, but in Georgia he's got connections everywhere, knows a ton of high school coaches, has you know worked with Grayson High School, I believe. His son played there, is now at Georgia Tech. So he's watched these athletes come up. He knows the process. And I, I think he's going to just continue. Because we've seen what Florida State's doing in Georgia. They've landed a lot of talent so far the last couple classes that Norvell has been here. And that should just continue. Yep. And I keep on forgetting this too. But, you know, you got to focus with Barto. Uh, in the Florida area, but you've also hired Randy Shannon too, D-Lou. I mean, that's also another strength that you're trying to build that pipeline, keep 
kind of clearing them out and bringing them in. And that's that's definitely with Tranny Shannon and Bartow down there in Florida. Now you have the addition of Watson up there in Georgia and definitely in Atlanta. I mean, all the talent there, it just kind of continues that momentum. And it's funny to see Mike Norvell, you know, kind of just a little bit of a surprise hire. You're kind of feeling like ah, things are set before the football season. But he goes in and grabs a big-time snag here with Watson, well-respected from recruits, too. I mean, the the momentum that Magnarvella is continuing to bring in for this recruiting game, which is kind of a little shocking, maybe nationally, from for some people to see, you know, how well he's doing, and you know, it just goes to show how big he is on building relationships too. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you mentioned Randy Shannon. You also have to think about Sabbath Joseph, who has a connection to um down down in Miami to one of the high schools where um, Daughtry Richardson and. Wesley Bassaint both play. So, you know, Mike Norvell, he's not just bringing in guys off the field. He's bringing in guys that have quality attributes, can help on the recruiting trail. They're not just in the back to be in the back. They're actually putting in a lot of work. And, you know, we're seeing it all pay off. This whole staff, it really feels like they're in sync right now. And I think that's something Florida State has missed last couple of years. It's felt like everybody hasn't been on the same page yeah, what do you think, Dustin? You know, are there any targets in the Georgia area, or you know, is there somewhere where is there some recruits out there that Watson can really help on snagging? You know, that we think this hire could help with a few guys that they're after, maybe not only in twenty twenty two class, but twenty twenty three, or help solidify, keep a commitment down. Like, where 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 do you think? You know, maybe in certain schools, but definitely any recruits out there that this should be able to help them and the, building the relationships and getting them to sign with Florida State. I would say, too, that it might have an impact on is um, Dion Bowie, who was uh, formerly committed to Georgia, and it seems like he's really interested in Florida State right now. We'll see if FSU can get him back on campus um, this upcoming month for the event they're going to be holding in July. And then maybe um, Jaron Willis as well, who we know was a heavy Florida State favorite before he committed to Georgia Tech, and it seems like his visit last month kind of opened the door a little bit. So we'll see if those connections pay off. Yeah. So, you know, looking back at Watson, you know, we'll go through a little bit of his bio, but uh, if a lot of if people don't know, uh, he was actually uh, play. He played at Boston College, eventually was drafted and played for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and he's also like we talked about earlier, his relationships in high schools with tournaments, um, seven on seven, certain things like that is what he excels the best and he's built so many relationships. His son actually plays at Georgia tech up there in Atlanta. Um, and so it's, a, he said, you know, in his interview with Florida state and the piece that they put out, you know, he said, this is a, this is a destination program uh, with the tradition championships and players. What more can you ask for? He says he looks forward to being a part of Florida state returning to the pinnacle of college football. He wants to return it back to the big times. I'm extremely excited to be in my role and will make an immediate impact. So with my thoughts, I go straight to recruiting and will be interesting to see what kind of momentum may be headed that way uh, for FSU. Definitely in that Georgia region. It just goes to show, man, I, it, you got Ryan Bartow, you got Randy Shannon. Now you got Kenyatta Watson. I mean, it just, this, this recruiting kind of networking thing that Mark Norvell is doing. He's just kind of just playing the long game and smart game more than anything. So I wish Nate was on here again. I know 
we've got it in the comments here. MIA, once again, you know, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't like, you know, hanging out with us. It is the off season kind of things are going to start changing up a little bit. So hopefully we'll get him on here, but we'll, we'll get his take on here. But, uh, Hey, where's Los at? Yeah. Where's Los too? We got Los ain't on here either. I mean, come on, man. We're just over here grinding on our own. It will be, but Hey, I appreciate the nice comment here from Dan in the comments. Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, big, big hire here. I think primarily that Georgia region is going to be huge for recruiting under Watson. Up next, we got the ACC Media Day. Florida State is going to be traveling pretty pretty soon. Things are starting to start to feel a little bit like football season, gentlemen. Uh, they're they're going to be traveling up to uh, Charlotte to begin the ACC Media Days. I believe on the twenty second is whenever the Atlantic Division teams uh, will be there. Boston College, Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, NC State, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. The three guys, pretty interesting here. No longer two players are being picked to come. Now three will be selected to represent their schools. The three selected are Jermaine Johnson for Florida State. You got Jordan Travis, and you've also got Mackenzie Milton. Gentlemen, is this a little shock? Is it is there any shockers in this? to you guys because I have my take on it. I'm interested to hear y'all's is it a shocker at any or was it kind of expected? What are y'all's takes on this with those being those three being selected? Um I guess I would say, you know, maybe it's a little a little bit of a surprise because you do have the two transfers and Milton and Johnson who well three. you know what I mean. The two new transfers who have just gotten to Florida State recently and have only been on campus, you know, for seven months or so. So they're new to Florida State. They're new to the team and everything. So I thought that w- that was a little strange. But, you know, I can I can see why. Because obviously, I think Mike Norvell, he wants to show that this quarterback battle is a real thing between Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton. And, you know, Travis obviously started last year. They've went through this battle so far. No one – well, at least from Mike Norvell, no one has really set themselves apart. So I think he just wanted to bring them both to show this is a legitimate competition. Jordan Travis is going to have his shot to win that job. And, you know, he's going to let everything play out in fall camp. And as for Johnson, you know, I think it's just having probably your most talented player production-wise on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think I mean, it makes sense to send Jordan Travis, given that he was your starting quarterback all last year, or not all last year, but for the majority of last year, it, it, it wouldn't make sense to not send him, given that he's still on the roster. I think it just would have been a bad PR look if you yeah. didn't send him. Um, yeah, of course, he's going to send Milton and Johnson, who we all think will be the two MVPs for both sides of the ball. And I think you have to send Travis. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and like Dustin said, he just doesn't want to tip his hand on the battle just yet. Yeah, I'm interested to see really – I don't know. To me, you're sending McKenzie Milton either way. ACC was going to fight that. They want to have him there. You got to get the storylines in there no matter what. You got to have Milton there. You got to get him there for the interviews, the comeback, the whole storyline. They want that there no matter what. So you also got to send Jordan Travis too because, like Dustin said, this is a this is going to be a battle no matter what. And unlike Nate may think, he's not here to argue with me at this time, so he can't. But uh, he thinks that it's just McKenzie Milton's job no matter what since he's stepped foot in Tallahassee. I don't agree. 
that fully yet. We'll get into some fun arguments the next couple of weeks heading into camp, but um, you know, those two are going to go and, you know, Jermaine Johnson, I doesn't shock me. He's going to be one of your most talented guys on the team next season. Most certainly on defense. He's going to, that's going to be a, that's a pivotal guy to have for success this upcoming year and getting after the quarterbacks because Florida state has not seen that in a long while. But, you know, I also think about guys that are veterans, you know, that have committed to Florida state. You've got a Tallahassee standout, you know, that has been a true knoll since the beginning, like Amari Gaynor and, you know, kind of left off the list. I know there's probably, I don't know. I don't know how it is, but I don't know what Mike Ravel and how their selection they wanted to go to represent. You know, we could be missing things, but just looking at it from the outside, though, I don't, I'd see it kind of tough. You know, you don't select having Amari Gaynor or even Emmett Rice up there. Um, yeah, just those, were kinda, two, those were two I would say, you know, definitely deserved it. Gaynor and Emmett Rice, you know, maybe even Devontae Love Taylor or Corbin. I think they could both give some unique perspectives, but. You know, I guess that's how it goes. You only get a certain amount. Yeah, I know. it was just a little, little shocking to me. But you know, there you got to you got to bring in three. That's crazy, though. If, you know, in realistic, uh, realistic terms. You've got three transfers that are representing Florida State, and some people on Twitter. I don't know if you guys believe it, but they were saying this is a message from. You know, Mike Norvell, that, you know, I don't care if you're transfers or what, you're still going to go and represent FSU. And like he isn't fond of the guys that he has in the locker room. I don't fully believe that whatsoever. There might have been some guys earlier on that we might have seen during this time last year that are no longer with the program or are gone or maybe heading into the pros now. But I don't buy that one bit. I think either he made this decision on what he feels like is going to be best for number one representing Florida state. Cause there was a ton of interviews that go on throughout that those couple days. And number two, these two guys are going to see the field a lot. You know, you don't just kind of throw the guys up there to be, you know, get all that media attention and, you know, they don't see the field at all next year. You don't usually see that. Um, I always think about going back to uh, Jalen Ramsey and his awesome ACC media day that he had going around and interviewing all of the uh, players there. And I think it was what Virginia said, something about like beating Florida State. And he said, what you talk about? <laughs> or something like that. Uh, that's what always reminds me of ACC media days. But it's going to be any any other, I'm trying to think too. I mean. Well, I would just say, you know, we're talking about there being so many, you know, Florida State's bringing the three transfers to uh, the media day, but. Can you imagine if they would have just brought Mackenzie Milton and Jermaine Johnson? I mean, the media would probably just make it a, a very big deal, bigger than it should be. So I think Norvell, and you know, we know how much he cares about perception. I, I think it makes sense to bring them both, and you don't even really have to have that argument. Because if you just have one there, people are going to be like, oh, well, he's probably the starter. So now you've got both to show that you know he's making this legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm trying to get the names down of, I had a list the other day, but now I completely uh, forgot it. I don't have it on here, but the list of names that will be in attendance. Uh, I think Florida State and another team, there are only two teams that have two quarterbacks coming. I want to say it's Syracuse. I might be completely wrong. I don't know the names. I have not done I my could not due diligence. <laughs> I don't know. I've not done my due diligence. Sorry, everybody, on the Syracuse roster. 
but I want to I want to say it's Syracuse. Maybe someone in the comments will let us know. But I think uh, it goes to show, though, and I think I I do agree with you, Lou, that you know you gotta you gotta have both quarterbacks there. Both, I think, are most certainly representing Florida State very well. Mackenzie Milton has been there, done this. He's a veteran. Jordan Travis, more of a quiet guy. I think it's going to be unique, actually. I think it's going to give us a lot of answers and kind of see how Jordan Travis is talking to the media. We know we've seen a few interviews here and there, but he's more of a quiet guy. Mackenzie Milton isn't a loudmouth you know, whatsoever, but Jordan Travis is more kept to himself. He kind of does his play on the field. And, you know, we've always heard about Jordan Travis, maybe, you know, and things that we've heard in the locker room. It's more of a McKenzie Milton having that kind of personality attitude that he brings out. And Jordan Travis is more kept to himself. And so I'm interested to see if there's a different uh, Jordan Travis that we hear from or if it's kind of like last year. We'll see if he kind of moves up as a bigger of a leader. And so maybe that's what, you know, Mike Norvell is sending him out there to do, too. So uh, I think it will be a fun ACC media days, most certainly. To, to hear about and you know there's gonna be a lot of questions about Mackenzie Milton and his injury and coming back from that and there's gonna be a lot of talk about can Florida State come can Florida State also come back because they've also been down and injured it feels like the last couple of years and then you've also got Jermaine Johnson who's gonna get asked questions non-stop about the difference between the SEC and him going to the ACC all that kind of jazz why do you leave Georgia why do you come to FSU um and so Jordan Travis just gets to sit there and get the questions of, are you ready to compete? And, you know, are you going to beat Mackenzie Milton? Like all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I think guys, I think it's going to be a good ACC media day. And it does feel good that we're not that far away. This all uh, starts on the ACC kickoff starts on July 21st. So it feel, feels nice. We're only less than a week away from some football stuff happening. Yeah. I can't wait for media day. That's complete sarcasm. What you didn't you didn't want to be sent up there? Listen, you you don't want to come fly here. We can go to media day together. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna go interview some football people now? No, I'll go. I might go watch. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I Island Boy says that it's just a scare tactic. Mike's just saying, look at my new toys. Beware, talking about the transfers coming in. Maybe so. Maybe it's all tactics. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's jump into some, a little bit of, uh, well, I didn't even have this on the docket, but you know, it's going to be a quick 20 seconds. I know it's so sad. You know, I'm having to do 30,000 things, but I missed one thing. Deontay Williams, we can spend 30 seconds on this. Deontay Williams, a Baylor defensive end transfer as transfer is entered the transfer portal. I think some people might've forgot that he was even on the roster. Dustin and Austin, but uh, he uh, most recently, I believe yesterday, entered the transfer portal. Don't think it's much of a miss, perhaps, at all to me. But uh, yeah, he's he's no longer with the program. I don't think Messed he recorded up. a stat, I don't believe. He did not record a stat, but he was a, a legacy player, so show him some respect. Yeah, but he probably saw the writing on the wall because we've gotten two DN transfers, including that one last week. I forget his name, but we didn't even talk about him yet. Yeah, I haven't even talked about him. Uh, didn't put that one on the docket, Logan. Come on, well, Logan. this is God. You know, I've got. If I could show everybody what I've got going on right here, right now, I wish I could. But you know what? I'm not going to complain because life is good. We're alive and we're able to talk some football with my good friends here, Dustin and Austin. 
Kill, kill me now. I mean, uh, yeah, so let's move on. So let's talk about the flip, the defensive end flip. And Dustin, I think you should just run us in so then I can tweet out this part. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, it basically seemed like this one was over and we're talking about Alabama A&M transfer defensive end, um, Marcus Kushney. And he was a guy, Florida State, reached out to as soon as he entered the transfer portal. He was on campus in June for a visit, I believe. I believe it was for the Midnight Madness he was on campus for. And he he went through a workout for the coaching staff. He got to meet the coaches, go through the the visit and everything. He ended up coming out of it with a preferred walk-on offer. And at the time, I believe Purdue had offered him a scholarship and he went ahead and went with the scholarship offer. And, you know, we've been monitoring Florida State going after, you know, another transfer offensive lineman with that last scholarship spot. And, I mean, it just hasn't worked out. There hasn't really been a good fit on either side the last couple weeks. So with one scholarship left, Florida State went ahead and offered it to Kushney. And he decided to flip from Purdue to Florida State. And this is a, a very talented pass rusher coming into Tallahassee. And, you know, it's really been a complete a complete change in that defensive end room. Um, speaking about Kushney, he only played in four games. I believe it was a spring season. And he had seven sacks, 7.5 tackles for loss in just four games. Season before that, he played in all 12. He had seven sacks and 13 tackles for loss. So you're getting a guy who's going to come off the edge and really get after the quarterback. I, at the very minimum, I think he's going to be one of the first guys off the bench for Florida State and probably in on pass rushing downs. But there is a chance that I think he could end up uh, starting opposite of Jermaine Johnson and, and really be a productive player for Florida State. I believe he has two years of eligibility left. Ooh, man, that's a bold. That's a little bit of a bold prediction. Are you giving us kind of a little uh, hint at your bold predictions during the fall camp Ooh. segment of this podcast? Ooh, that could be know. one. That could be. You might have <laughs> just found it, but that is. I think that's very bold. I think that's very bold. Sean Fuller had a very nice spring. You got Derek his video to pull up. Don't have his video. I was just thinking about that too, and I don't know who tweeted that. That was, I think, one of his trainers or coaches, if I'm correct. Um, I have no idea. It would be nice if I was able to find that video. But, but I mean, regardless, this is just a, a guy. And, you know, we, we talked about how much Florida State struggled to uh, put pressure on the quarterback last year. I can't remember exactly how many team sacks it was off the top of my head, but I think it was like, what, six six or seven? Yeah. Not even for the entire team. It was a really a really disappointing year with the amount of talent we thought Florida State had on the edge. And now they've completely changed that, brought in Jermaine Johnson, Kier Thomas. Now with Kushney, you get those transfer defensive ends, and then you've got a bunch of true freshmen coming in. So we'll see how they fit into the mold once we get into fall camp. So really just a complete overhaul. Yeah, I'm a I'm just I'm just such a letdown because we didn't have this down on the docket, so I'm not able to find the tweet. So maybe if someone DMs us uh, DMs me the link. I'll be able to put it up here on the feed. But he comes in and he's extremely, extremely in shape. That's the thing. I mean, I think the cat. I think what what they said two the cat two thirty. It's a big cat. He's a big boy. Big cat. He's I mean, a man. Never heard he's not that a cat. 
Oh my God, please. You're not the one to tell anybody that they're a man. First of all, number one. Uh, but uh, now uh, he looks like he's in crazy good shape too. Uh, can I compare him to miles Garrett? I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you did, you would have been on crack. Oh man. Goodness. Let me bring up uh, one of these. I would definitely appreciate James here for the 30 bomb here on the live chat. He says, Hey guys, loving the show. Uh, what receiver is going to have the best year? I'm from Pensacola, so I'm partial to Kashawn Helton. I think he'll be back to form two years removed from his injury. I might, I might be there with you. I don't know if he'll be the best wide receiver, but I do think he is going to have a pretty good season during the spring scrimmages, and those are just scrimmages, and you're just kind of playing around with things. But he was being fed a lot of the ball with the uh, speed uh, pitches too. Um, he was being a lot, a lot with reverses. Uh, you know, just while we were there, Dustin, we got to see him utilize in the backfield just a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But to you guys, and I'll give my answer too. Which receiver is going to have the best year overall for FSU next season? Thank you, James, for the friendly donation. Definitely appreciate it. I mean, it's the cop out answer. You know, for me, it's got to be Andrew Parchment, the grad transfer from Kansas. He's just a guy. He's he's a deep ball threat. He's very athletic, got good speed, and you know, now that he's on campus and. They're starting to do seven-on-sevens, player-run workouts. They're starting to build chemistry. I think I think he's going to have a good season for Florida State. I don't want to say 1,000 yards, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets you know 700 or more. Yeah, I'm yeah. in the same boat with, with Parchment having – I'm under the assumption Milton's going to be the quarterback. And yeah, I don't want to say it. Kansas just had really bad quarterback play last year. I think Parchment's going to be that guy. We saw it a few years ago when you know he was actually getting fed the ball that he can make plays. I think it's Parchment. I think a lot of these guys are going to back bounce back seasons because it's not going to be a strictly run offense that has to stay ahead of the chains mm-hmm. to move the ball. Um, you you can get in those second and twelve situations and not be scared with Milton as quarterback. If he be the quarterback, you could throw these deep balls to Helton, Parchment, whoever. But I, I think it's probably Parchment. Yeah, and at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Keyshawn Helton or Ontario Wilson both have really good years, and we'll see if some of the true freshmen can step up as well. There's there's some talent in that room. It's just not really proven talent. So we're going to see if this unit can start to take that step forward throughout fall camp. Yeah, there's a lot of youngins. I'm definitely excited about Andrew Parchman immediately once he's arrived. You know, looking back at Parchman, too, and his offseason before arriving at Florida State, he was training with – one, you know, loser, Noel Dalvin cook, uh, for a couple months down there in Miami. And uh, that was Aren't sarcasm, loser, Dustin. Though? That was sarcasm, obviously. Now we'll probably never get him on the show, but uh, guys, everybody that's sarcasm, but, uh, yeah, probably will get clipped, but no Dalvin cook, obviously one of the, the best running back ever to come through Florida state training with him comes to Florida state in great shape. And immediately from what we were told, we dropped this in our discord and, and gave some little nuggets and Nate heard some things immediately goes out and starts training with McKenzie Milton and Jordan Travis. This cat is fast. You'll be able to use, use him as a weapon down the field. That's something Milton uh, we've seen at UCF. It's worked very well. And we also got to see a little bit of, of it during the spring game when he exploded and was connecting well with even some of the younger wide receivers like Burrell uh, and McLean. You know, there's a lot of excitement for that wide receiver, 
wide receiver room overall. I think it's going to be a big change from last year. But what are you laughing at? I don't know. Your voice like changed. Well, I'm a man, Dustin. I can continue to say that. It's low, I know. But no, I I do think that wide receiver room is going to be a lot different. But I do think Andrew Parchment, if I were to put some money down, I'm starting to gamble a little bit. I'm having some fun gambling. If I'm going to gamble, I got to put it on Parchment for right now. But look at those youngins, man. And, you know, uh, we, we haven't talked about Dustin Hill in a while, and we'll still see if he'll be, if he'll arrive for fall camp or not. But, I, you know, that is one cat. If I were going to do a bold prediction, it would have been a crazy one. It would have been an insane one. It would have been a crazy one. But that cat is just a ridiculous. I don't even. I don't even think it's talent. that. I don't even think it's that insane. That he would he be would, the leader. That he'd be the leader and receive it as a true freshman. I think it would be a. I think he would be top three. At least. I would. I was going to go all the way and say top. That would have been crazy. I'm here for the bold predictions this week. But I will say, you know, nothing new on him recently. It's been a little quiet on that front, and we'll just have to see if things work out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good question, though. Uh, let's move on to some extra stuff here. We've got some more recruiting for us to go through. I want to give – we talked about him a lot last week on the show. A lot of you guys can go back and listen to that. But we're going to continue a little bit because this is a big one, a quarterback – potential commit with Chris Parson out of the 2022 class from Tennessee, actually 2023 class, my bad. Um, and he is going to be committing on his birthday next Thursday during this time. Uh, maybe we can get him to come on here and announce it. Dustin, if there's a way, you know, you've been, co- you've been connecting with him a lot. Let's start. Come on. Let's start making some jabs and get this commits happening live for everybody on YouTube. All 90 listeners and viewers right now. Let's just see if he commits to Florida State first. <laughs> people think we're cursed. He'd come on the No Game Day podcast and commit to Penn State. <laughs> like, that, that's the kind of luck oh, we've, we've gotten recently. That would be hilarious, though. Yeah, but he's going to be making his commitment on Thursday. I think definitely Florida State is in a good area right now. You most recently talked to him just for a little bit this week, D. Lou. What's the latest on him and a very talented quarterback out of the 2023 class from Tennessee? Yeah, like like you said, we talked about him last week. Um, he released his top eight. Some of the top contenders um, are probably Florida State, Miami, Kentucky, and, and Tennessee, I would say, to uh, land him. Right now, it looks like things are going in Florida State's favor. And we talked about last week, but that really comes after his visit to FSU where he got to meet with the coaching staff and they told him that he was the top quarterback on their board for uh, the 2023 class. And he really vibe with that message. And this is a guy, his cousin is Seminole legend, um, Terrell Buckley. So he's already got those no bloodlines and yeah, Florida state looking good, good for this decision right now. I was talking to him, earlier this week and just asking him how his decision process was coming. And he, he told me it's going to be something special. The decision process has been going well. I've been talking it over with my parents and coaches, and I think we're going to have a final, final decision here soon. So it sounds like, you know, his mind isn't quite made up and, you know, he's still got a week before he goes public with that decision, but he's slowly starting to settle on the school that he'll eventually be committing to. Mm-hmm. I think from what, you know, you've interviewed him and everything, I think this is 
Florida State's in a good direction right now with him. And the biggest thing we got to see whenever he arrived at FSU, the whole entire staff was out there to greet him. You know, mm-hmm. it goes to show. And relationships have been the biggest thing we've heard from guys that have already committed to Florida State, and they've talked with you and also Nate. And practically told you, you know, the relationship thing is the biggest deal and being real with them. You know, Coach Atkins to a few of these offensive line guys, he said, all right, you're committed. You still got to work on a lot more things like you got to change up some things, even, you know, to guys that are on the current team. You know, Coach Atkins is very real with them. And it seems like that's kind of been uh, all over the staff, too, overall. So. You know, this is something I think relationships over everything with Chris Parson. You come in from Tennessee, you're obviously going to have some competition. Definitely, I think some big time competition heading into next year, too. This is still a young cat 2023 class, but there is a lot of talent that this cat has. And, you know, you've really liked his tape, Dustin, looking at really, it. A few times. I really like him. Uh, he... Well, ask him out on a date. <laughs> Not what I meant, but I mean, we showed as a. Uh his tape a little bit last week. And I mean, this, this dude, he just knows how to move in the pocket, make plays on the run. I don't even know how I would say it. Um, he can make decisions on the fly. You know, if a play isn't going well, switch things up really good, deep ball, good ball placement. And, you know, he's, he's down there at 288 on 247 right now. I wouldn't even worry about it. You know, look, watching him, I think he's, a future top 150 prospect minimum, but I see him in the top 100. Mm-hmm. Yep. And with more getting back to normal and the whole COVID-19, whole COVID-19 thing kind of, you know, diminishing itself, kind of yeah. slowing down a little bit. This is going to help a lot of guys and yeah, current FSU commits, but only, you know, Chris Parson, definitely a quarterback going to tournaments like this and be able to perform well is going to go a whole way. Yeah, he's had, a really, he's had a really good offseason on the seven-on-seven circuit. And, you know, maybe some things that are being held against him is just he's now on his third high school in three years. He originally from Texas played his um, freshman year. I said it in a previous podcast, but played it, played it, um, played in Texas his freshman year, played at a different school in Texas his sophomore year. Now is coming to Tennessee for his junior year. So I think as long as he has a little bit of stability, has a good season, I mean, he's going to be a riser, man. Mm-hmm. There's a question out of here from D. Revely asking, who's got the best quarterback out of the big three between Miami, Florida, and Florida State, in y'all's opinion? I think Florida's not even with Jones, so sorry. But yeah, Florida's at the <laughs> bottom. <laughs> Florida's at the bottom right now, in my opinion. So I can go and set them there. We can all agree on that. But obviously, you've got Derek King. If he's coming back fully healthy, we'll have to see how he looks. And then now you've got a battle between Jordan Travis and uh, Mackenzie Milton. I mean, I'll take the guy who was in the Heisman conversation at one point in his college career. Yeah, it's, the other so, two, uh, I'm not sure if they've done if they've done very much. AJ Constantino is who? Oh no, no, okay. It's just tough because you got one quarterback in Keene coming off what was a torn ACL. Yeah. You've got Milton coming back from basically an entirely blown out knee. And then Travis, who's mainly a running threat. I don't know. It's tough. Obviously, Derek King's getting a lot of hype, as he should. He was a very good player, but it's really just whoever's healthiest right now. What about 40? You think Emory Jones is in this conversation, Austin? Um, I would take Tate Rodemaker over Emory Jones. <laughs> Jeez, whoa, whoa, come on now. 
Well, some P- PFF guy or whatever I, it is. I, no, he's top 10. Come on, man. No. Yeah, what they do, they put Emory Jones in the top whatever. Like yeah, in the like, NFL draft. Yeah, like pick number seven or something crazy like that. Dude doesn't that's, even start at a college game. That's what meth does to you people. You watch Breaking Bad. That is exactly what that does. Um, suggest not doing it either because you'll act, you'll end up being like our PFF friend, whoever predicted that like you got to be either you got to be either number one on something. Number two, you never watched him play football or number three, you're a complete effing idiot. Anyways, uh, great question there. Thank you. D rev for the question. There's some more YouTube is absolutely obliterating itself right now. I've never seen so many comments in one live, but we are rolling. I don't know what's happening. Uh, this is what they call. This is what the kids call going viral. Dustin. We are going viral right now. Not really, though. Uh, let's move <laughs> on to a little bit more recruiting. Got like six viewers. <laughs> if you're the six viewers, say hey in the chat. Anyways, going back to some recruiting here, there's also some more upcoming announcements happening. D. Lou, uh, 2022 offensive tackle, Daughtry Richardson. This has been a big one uh, at Florida State's after. He's, he's going to be announcing on July 26th, and then it just continues on that offensive line area. You've got 2022 Jalen Early. He's going to be committing on August 2nd. We talked about him last week, and also, uh, you know, the kind of things, the thing you were talking about it with Willis, too, who's still committed to Georgia Tech, but the advantage of Florida State having FSU commits and then having some of these targets that are on the same team as them in high school. Yeah, and I think I mentioned it a little bit last week. You know, you mentioned him, obviously, um, Jalen Early's high school teammate and 2022 tight end Jarrell Powers recently committed to Florida State following his official visit. And um, he he told me that he's going after Jalen Early to get him in his class, said don't be surprised if he ends up being a Seminole. But just talking about these announcements um, for a few seconds, Obviously, the first one looks like it's going to be 2022 offensive tackle Daughtry Richardson on July 26th, like you like you mentioned, Logan. Right now, this one feels like a Florida State-Miami battle. And really, in my opinion, I think Florida State has been the favorite for a while, and Richardson has been trying to see if another school makes him feel the same way. And in the end, I just think having some family here in Tallahassee, um, the – the deep relationship that he's been able to develop with the coaching staff. Those are going to be some factors that went out. And I, I think Florida state right now is the favorite going into that announcement. I feel the same way about Jalen early. I think I, I keep saying I said it last week, but <laughs> I did um, going, going into this announcement. I think Florida state, Texas tech and Ohio state, if, if they decide that they can fit early into their class are going to be the, the real contenders for him. And this is another one. Florida State blew him away on his official visit. And I just think I mentioned I mentioned Powers a second ago. I just think those relationships went out in the end. And finally, um, 2022 running back Jalen Glover, he's been getting closer to his decision. I actually talked to him for a couple minutes this week. He said he plans to commit um, sometime in August. And right now he's scheduled to visit Florida one of the last days in July. Right now, this is only visit set up. And this is another one. This is a battle between really Florida State and Florida. So in my opinion, if he's only going to visit Gainesville 
before his announcement in August, he's probably going to end up going to the Gators. So if he doesn't make it back to Florida State on July 25th, I would start to lean that Glover's probably headed to UF. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Richardson. Um, the the event Florida State is holding, it's on July 25th. He announces on July 26th. So if he's in Tallahassee the day before he announces his commitment, you've got to feel really good about FSU. Woo, man, you kind of gave the whole dadgum rundown right there, d Oh, my bad. Man. You came here to know. No, we're we're here for it. We're here. We me and Austin need have, some water. Me and Austin are here just watching. Get you sip up, sip up. But uh, man, that's some big. So a majority of that, I'm feeling some confidence there for FSU. Definitely up there on the offensive line area. We had a big old spiel between all three of us talking about Florida State and racking up the offensive line commits. I mean, I think what was it back in 2011 VZ you were bringing up that they had nine commits nine commits on the offensive line some ended up switching You're sides st- but nine <laughs> offensive line commits insane. Like, we're not that far away what are we at right now six five something like that believe what are we at d lou believe it's four right i thought we had, thought we had one more i think it's i thought i think it's four it's five with richardson and then six with early i wonder if that's what it is i may be getting ahead of myself yeah yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Either we way, we have four right now, which is a lot better than we all thought. You've yeah. got Ba, Charlton, Sap, and Woody right now. And not these aren't just kind of guys like, hey, they're in the class kind of deal. These are some talented cats. I mean, we've we've talked about them enough. You guys can go go back. I think we're going to put out a YouTube video tomorrow. Kind of go about ten minutes full of talking about these offensive linemen. And the commits, we put out a video actually earlier today talking about, you know, the, the physical nature of these ki- these guys coming in, the mental attitudes they have. Uh, these aren't these aren't some sissies rolling through So uh, that Florida State's after. But it seems like there's some momentum for Florida State. We'll see if Parson kind of starts it for a lot of these offensive tackles. We're going to keep an eye on Richardson and early, really. And, you know, if, if Jalen Glover wants to go join Emory, Jones at Florida. I mean, he'd probably get a lot of uh, carries because Emory Jones can't throw the football in Gainesville. So, wouldn't blame him. Uh, this cat jumps up on this desk one more time. I'm going to have to turn. I can't have PETA come after me because this window right back here is going to be shattered. So, I'm going to have to turn my camera off whenever <laughs> something happens. I was going to bring up a question on here before I go to jail. Let's see. Uh, jail. Well, if I throw a cat out the window, I think I'm going to probably be in trouble, Dustin. I know you've tried punning your dog before because it barks, but I don't think that's really... You ever seen Anchorman? <laughs> yeah. That's what I do to my dog. Just punt him off a bridge. And we're able to just send that in and get Dustin canceled. So, perfect. Everybody clip that. Here's a question on here from Jen Fari. How you doing, my man? What do you think of our defensive tackles? Do we have good backups? Does Florida State have some good depth heading into the football season? It's interesting. It's teetering. I think it's teetering. Teetering right there. Gentlemen, we talked about it before. I mean, I, yeah, we t- I, mean, I remember we talked about it. Maybe it was a spring game or a little bit before it or after it. But, you know, you, you've got to feel comfortable with that top three with Fabian Lovett, Dennis Briggs, and, and True Thompson. That's a solid core to have a defensive tackle. But be- behind that, you you really don't have much um, improving talent. 
I'm trying to think. Obviously, Malcolm Ray, um, Jarrett Jackson, the the Louisville transfer. So you've got some guys, but they just haven't really seen a lot of snaps or contributed much so far during their college careers. So it's kind of the same thing with the wide receiver room. You know, there might be some talent, but they've got to prove it. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. front three, you got to feel comfortable with, especially Fabian Lovett. That man was just absolutely dominant during spring practice. Give me some Dennis Briggs. I'm feeling it. Felt Dennis good. Briggs I, too. I mean, he looks. This was my guy, and Dustin knows it because I didn't stop talking about him. But I felt really good uh, about him heading into this last season. Obviously, things got completely screwed up with COVID-19, and he elected to sit out for a majority of the season and take care of his family. But, you know, he comes back in great shape and plays immediately the night. I forget which game it is, though. I'm a complete idiot here. Might be screwing it up. But he comes in and... uh, I think it was UNC. UNC, and he plays a, a really good amount of snaps. Like I said, he came in shape and played well, and... I think, uh, you know, he's moved to number six now. Maybe that just changes the whole game. He's going to be a big-time pivotal player for FSU's defensive line. I really do think, though, he's going to play well this upcoming season. Really, that whole whole defensive line, I think, is primed for a resurgence. And, I mean, I guess that's not saying much because they were so disappointing last year. But I I think it's going to be a different story. Yeah. This is an interesting comment here. We've been hearing a lot. It's been a big-time conversation. It will continue. Nate's very high on this kid, but Corey Wren didn't get to see him last year because of injury that he was dealing with during the season, uh, leg injury, and he's back fully. He's 110% from what we've been told. Very fast. Came in, uh, left high school as one of the fastest in the country. Uh, still going to most likely have that speed, too. We got to see him quite a bit, D. Lou, at the spring scrimmages. He was used in some pitches, and he was in the backfield a good amount of times also. He got the ball thrown to him in the slot. This is kind of a little, kind of like a little, I don't know. We can't say that yet until he actually plays because I like making my comparisons. I won't say it yet, but I'll wait until after the first game, then I'll definitely say it. But, uh, and Florida State and Mugnorville and Kenny Dillingham are going to be able to kind of use him in some certain kind of packages that I think are going to help be able to show off that speed. I, I mean, I don't know where you primarily put them. You can, do you just keep them in that backfield back there the whole time? Do you put them in a slot? I think you dice them around everywhere in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's just kind of, he's just kind of a flex, you know, you can either put them back there at running back. You can put them in the slot at wide receiver. So, I mean, depending on what you're trying to run, you can put them in different spots and he can contribute and I really think the key, you mentioned his speed. I mean, I, I think the key really is just getting the ball to him in space. You know, we saw it a couple of times during the spring. He was just, he was getting carries up the middle. And I was like, I don't know, you know, because give this guy a pitch or give him a bubble screen on the outside, get some room for him. Let this dude just run into the open field. And I think there's going to be some excitement. You know, he's not really a big guy. I don't, I don't really want him running down the middle, having to run people over because he's not the biggest running back. So it's really just putting him in the best spots for him to be successful with the skill set that he has. I'm interested to see. I'm excited. Definitely you got Ja'Kai Douglas, too, that's over there. Um, that wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, he's that wide receiver. So 
interested to see how both of these are used, but definitely Corey Wren and definitely going to be a starter day one. We'll see him at kick return against Notre Dame, uh, which will be fun to watch that speed. If he can kind of find a little, little hold there too. Woo. He's gone. Bye. See you. Get a little feels of Kermit Whitfield back in his days. Uh, let's jump into the rest of things here. It seems like Florida state is holding another recruiting event. You've been trying to get connected. You've been trying to get connected with a few recruits and maybe get some info on this. It's kind of hard with some of these guys because they're starting their camps a little bit earlier because high schools begin school begins for them earlier in August. But Florida State is trying to hold a recruiting event on July 25th. Any kind of latest with that, Dustin? Because the last event went very well for the Seminoles and brought a lot of momentum and it carry out, carried on to bring in recruits. Could this kind of be another tale of that? Yeah, so I've really spent um, a lot of today reaching out to current commits and guys that I consider top targets of Florida State to check and see if they're going to be attending this event that Florida State's holding on the 25th. And I'll actually be, be releasing the um, preliminary list tomorrow in our Discord. So make sure to get in there and check that out. But yeah, it really just seems like this event is kind of going to mirror what Florida State did during Midnight Madness and on July 5th, whenever they held their elite camp, which was also another thing that was kind of catered to commits and top targets only. So they're going to have the guys that they want to make priorities in attendance, or at least the guys that can make it. I will say, for instance, um, AJ Duffy isn't going to be able to make it to the event because of IMG starting back. So like you said, Logan, there's going to be some guys who can't make it in, but the guys who can, Florida State is going to push hard to get them into Tallahassee. And it really feels like this is going to be just another chance for everybody to build relationships with one another, whether that's with the coaching staff or other recruits. So this is going to be like a social thing. Are you invited? I don't know. Mike Norvell, hit those DMs. <laughs> hit the DMs up. Hit them up, baby. Well, we'll see if that – that I think, the, like I mentioned earlier, that – first one went very well we'll see if the second one does it's going to be hard to do it with a lot of these younger guys uh, with high school camp coming up with them and workouts and such but you know Mugnerville's trying to keep on it man try to keep that consistency and don't let it get cold right now you know keep it keep it warm keep the pot warm uh, Let's see. This is kind of a little quick answer right here. We talked about him earlier, Sanders, but about Keyshawn Helton. And, you know, he came from a nasty injury two years ago. He comes back last year. A little inconsistent there is having some problems with some drops. We'll see how he does perform this upcoming season. He's your veteran there uh, in that unit. And we'll see kind of how he plays. I think, you know, seeing him in the spring scrimmage and from we from what we've been hearing and some of the interviews, some of the players also talking about him seems like he's kind of kind of gone off that rust from last year, and that should be a good sign too. You want to have a veteran there in that in that room. And you know, he's even off the field, he's such a big leader and he's represented Florida State in a fantastic manner. And he's also helped, you know, Dealey, we were at the spring scrimmages and there was a few guys uh, in attendance. And, you know, Keyshawn Helton spent a little bit of time mm-hmm. with a few of them, definitely some FSU targets. So he's also helping, too, on the sidelines with recruiting, too. So he's, he's, he's just overall, I think, a really great person. And it represents Florida State very well. And it's interesting to see how he'll play this upcoming year. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic guy. 
by all accounts. Um, you know, to me, I just don't think last year he was fully healthy because, I mean, you normally see it just regardless. You know, guys one year off an injury or, you know, eight, nine months off an injury, they're either not really back to full strength, full health yet, or they're not mentally comfortable after um, suffering an injury. So I think now being two years removed from everything, Keyshawn Helton, he's definitely fully healthy at this point. And I think he's had enough time to shake off that mental rust as well. And those are just two things that I think probably plagued him last year. So it wouldn't, I said it earlier, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's among the the tops in that wide receiver room. There's a question here from Matthew Johnson. Appreciate you watching, Matthew. Uh, any updates or clues for Marvin Jones Jr. or Julian Armella? There hasn't been much talk about him lately. You know, I don't think there's been anything, unless I've missed anything, Dilo. You're way more into this world than I am with recruiting going on 24-7. But with Marvin Jones Jr. being a big-time FSU target, gigantic, Nate, and I think you too, both of y'all have pretty much put him as the number one target heading into next season as a recruit for that class. Got to have that defensive end and that legacy guy. And then you also got Julian Armella, who you know showed up to Midnight Madness as kind of a surprise. Nate thinks it was a pretty big deal for him being there. And I think we all agreed too. That was pretty huge for them. You know, any kind of updates here on these two, or is it kind of just the same old, same old thing that, you know, since Marvin Jones recently committed or committed, uh, I shouldn't do that. Everybody's going to freak out. Uh, visited. <laughs> I just, I just made everybody like what just happened. <laughs> no, recently visited. Yeah. I would say not really much going on so far since, uh, both of their visits back in June, it'll be interesting to see, if both of them are in in attendance later this month on July 25th for that event that we were just talking about. Um, Other than that, Florida State scheduled to officially host um, Marvin Jones during the season. I believe it's Miami week and they don't have anything set up with Julian Armella right now. So a key to a a key to every recruitment, at least in my opinion of guys that haven't committed, always want to see him take an official visit. So it's going to be important for Florida State to get that set up in the near future. Another got some there's some really good questions on here too. We'll jump to this last one before we get into our bold predictions this for one's fall easy. camp. Now, this is a, okay, so this one's this one's the easy one here, Dilo. I'll let you Steven, go ahead and Steven have it. Dix. Steven yeah. Dix Jr. This is from Christopher James asking who is the best young linebacker on the depth chart after Emmett Rice and Amari Gaynor? Dilo, are you thinking Dix immediately? I mean, it's it's got to be Stephen Dix. He's already he was already running with the ones in the spring. Um, he's a he's a big hitter, and I think really we've talked about it before. But one of the things he needs to work on is the angles that he's taken to make these tackles. But I mean, this is an athletic guy. Um, like I said, he can knock someone's head off. You want to see him improve a little bit, maybe in pass coverage. But he's still he's a young linebacker and just a ton of potential. I think he's going to be a stud for Florida State moving forward yeah i was gonna mention the coverage parts as well just there were so many times last year here you just get lost in space um and hopefully chris marv's been working with him a lot this offseason about you know when to attack where to stay i mean that whole defense was lost though yeah but dix (laughs) he has a ton of potential i mean he flashed it all last year no hopefully he can get worked up a little bit yeah i'm excited for dix he came in already as a true freshman 
big boy, takes care of his body, obviously. And this, uh, I mean, this man's throwing around some serious weight right now in the locker room. I'm about to throw this cat. Uh, I'm about to throw this cat. Just like Steven Dix. But um, he's throwing around some crazy weight right now, too. The biggest thing with him is getting down his reads, figuring out the play playbook a little bit more and being put in the right place, in my opinion. I loved that Chris Marv and Adam Fuller and you know Norvell, they, they threw these young cats in there, and they got a lot of PT last year, guys. They got a lot of playing time, and I think that's great. I think that's great for them. I'd rather have them be in there and do that in a season that's just already a complete BS, the whole thing was, it felt like. Just let them go in there and get some college playing time. And I think that we're going to see guys that, some of these guys, too, got a lot of playing time last year, and I think that's going to help a ton for these young cats going into the next season, not being so altered by going in there and playing a college football game because it is a complete different story. It's a complete different, I don't know, like experience in high school. You know, every every college player says that. It's a whole 180. It's more playing mental than anything, but it's extremely physical, too. But definitely for these young cats and linebackers having to be at the right, making sure you're at the right gaps where you're going and then also being able to make your reads uh, fine. And definitely for a guy like Dix, who could be a leader there and be calling out plays, maybe, you know, I think and uh, I think there was a few times where Chris Marv said, you know, he's, he's allowed Stephen Dix to make a few calls here and there. And, you know, that's huge for true freshmen coming in. So get ready for, you know, an, uh, an upgrade there, I think, for Stephen Dix Jr. And, you know, also we're not. Talking about him enough, but I thought DJ Lundy looked pretty impressive to me last season. Another young cat that came in pair with Stephen Dix Jr. Uh, came in a little bit, actually, a little bit more quicker than you know Nate had thought he would. He thought he'd be maybe just a little. Well, A didn't think that. Nate, I think, was talking about how big he was, but he was kind of still more impressed about how quickly he was moving east and west on plays. And I think another full year, you get in the weight room with Coach Storms. Uh, and you get that whole strength and conditioning cl- uh, staff there on them. You know, I, I think Lundy, Lundy's also throwing away, throwing around some crazy weight too. Um, so those, those two, I think there's a lot to be Jay excited on, about. Um, Jay on McCluster as well. Really that whole trio, all of them coming in that same class. They, they're all primed to have bright futures at Florida state. Absolutely. Matthew appreciate the kind words and hanging out with us on this wonderful Thursday evening. I definitely appreciate you for the nice words, man. That, that's, that's nice words, Dustin. Even with you on the show, they're saying it's the best FSU show. I don't know how this is happening right now. Hey, thank you, Matthew. Okay, you don't have to talk like we're in ASMR. Hey, <laughs> hey, Matthew, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Matthew. Okay, we will definitely move on as quick as we can onto the next segment before we jump into Shrek some basketball. Yeah, you're just falling apart. Just go ahead and meet your mind. I'm just kidding. Uh, we got some bold predictions for fall camp, gentlemen. Guys, we are just a few weeks away, I believe. I know that the the FSU staff and everybody's set to be back on August 1st. So I'm trying to think whenever fall camp begins. I feel like I should know this as the moderator host here on Here the Spirit. But I thought it was like August 3rd or August 4th, but I okay. might be wrong. I think it's definitely the first week of August. But anyway, so we're just only – right, we'll just say two weeks. Does that sound fine? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, two two weeks. and a half. Two and a, oh, my God. All right, <laughs> go back to muting your mic. Uh, so practically two, two and a half weeks, blah, 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 till fall camp begins the twenty. 21 season we're back to normal guys it feels good feels nice 
There's been a lot of storylines this whole offseason, but heading to fall camp, there's going to be a lot of competition. I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of things that we'll go into and make some predictions for next week whenever we start previewing and everything that we're going to be completely wrong about, which I'm so excited for. It makes it for more fun stuff for us to talk about. But let's each give a bold prediction from one of us heading into fall camp. And it has to strictly be in between the lines of fall camp. This is not going to be season predictions or bold predictions for the upcoming season. We'll do that most certainly, I believe, the week before the Notre Dame game. That will probably be a three-hour podcast then. But sticking just to fall camp, we're going to give a bold prediction each for the fun part there. Dustin, you're smiling. You know, it took a couple of us to kind of figure out what a bold prediction would be. But... (laughs) I'm interested to see too in the comments. I, I want the people in the comments, or if you you're should, watching, you should later. say what your first prediction was. My my f- about the number three running back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very high. I'll say it. I mean, I'm very high on Treshawn Ward. You know, Dustin, you are too. Anybody that's been able to see him play, maybe in the spring scrimmage, not a lot of people have been able to see him play. Only a few times during the game, during a bowl game, we got to see him play against FSU's first team defense during a spring scrimmage and he looked he was the best player on the field uh so I was gonna say a bold prediction would be him moving up to the number three in the depth chart I think if it were to be a bold prediction in the fall camp he'd have to move to like at least number two because I would put either to affiliate um, Corbin behind him but uh Trishon Ward I think will be the number three running back that's just like one of my bold predictions it's not crazy bold it's not wild it's not gonna shock any i'm not gonna do shock waves but bold at all it's like an average take so that's putting dj williams behind him does everybody is that that's an average take so dj williams is behind him austin would not agree i would i would argue Austin is very high on dj williams i mean we saw ward looked in the spring and i would say he knows the system better probably than williams any argument austin (laughs) i was just throwing (laughs) a name out there like I just said I wouldn't be surprised if Williams had a good season. That's all I said. No, that was like a no, 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 no. You did not just say you just have a good season. No, no, no. That's what no, I was no. implying. Someone clip it. See, we got to get enough. Implying. We got to get enough fame so then we can have people just send us tw- yeah. Twitter clips like right now. Austin said that DJ Williams. You want to be surprised if DJ Williams is leading the team in rushing this upcoming yeah. year. Yeah, Austin, you're yeah, getting checked. Plus. You're getting that's, checked. That should be my, your bold take right there. No, but no, that that would be a season prediction. Yeah, that's a, that's a season thing. Oh. Yeah, that's a season. Is thing. Is he going to lead him in rushing during fall camp? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pretty bold. Austin, are you going to be there at the camp? Or are you going to be like water boy? No, you're not going to go from a basketball equipment manager to football. I wasn't. I wasn't even. I mean, not equipment manager. Sorry, I'm sorry. That is that's a diss. That is disrespectful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I disrespected Austin. But do you, do you owe me to give me? I already did mine, kind of. I still got another one that I'm going to do it. But do you do you have one, Dilu? Give us yours. I'm just trying to figure out if I should take Austin. See or not. someone that I have, I have a different one. You, you well, can you can say it. I have one. Oh, I can do a different one. Yeah, go go ahead. Perfection. So yeah, my fall camp bold prediction: at least one true freshman wide receiver will be taking snaps with the starters. And I lean, I lean towards that being uh, Malik McLean, who was just the best. He was the best receiver, I would say, 
consistently throughout the entire spring, whenever that came to the scrimmages and the spring game as well. So, I mean, that to me isn't like, so are you saying that like he's taking first team snaps by like week four in fall camp or are we talk before that? Well, I'm just saying that that'd be where you're starting to settle in who your starters are going to be. And you're starting to work your game planning and everything. Because to me, we saw him taking first team snaps on the first daggum play of spring scrimmage. And we were like, why is number 11 out there? So that doesn't. Are you saying it's not bold? I don't think it's bold, bold. I think you'd have to say if he's he's like before the week of FSU versus Notre Dame and he's taking first team snaps at wide receiver. I think that'd be that'd be a bold predict. Like it's it'd be bold that he's out there. You know what I'm saying? What if he's taking start starting snaps on week one? (laughs) What does that mean? I think. I mean, I guess that would. Yeah, I guess that would be bold. Feel like that'd be bolder What's than that bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, as long so as it sticks with it. Yeah, I think after five practices, it you know. <laughs> Dakota, Either coming on. What? Hey, it's my brother. Dustin keeps getting cut off, and I feel like Logan should instead. <laughs> Dang it. Dakota, Dakota. We just don't want to look at Dustin. That's really all it is. I don't no, want to look at me either. <laughs> don't say that because he'll turn off his camera. <laughs> Austin. But, go, but going back to the bold predictions here. Okay, so I'll take that one. I understand. So Malik McGlain, he's taking the first bold prediction. He's taking first team rep. Okay, so this is, yeah. First reps in the starting group at wide receiver. Malik McLean. After the first five, day of practice. After I'm, five practices at most. I wouldn't be surprised. We were talking about it on the pre-show. It was <laughs> yeah. like, we don't really have one. And I was like, well, Malik McLean. And Dustin's like, we got to do, we got to do another segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think we're all really high on Malik McLean. He showed it in the spring game even. Just how talented he is and what he can do with the ball, the ball in his hands. He's just a talented kid. Yep. No, and he is. And someone's got to step up in that room. And why not? Be, why, why shouldn't it be him? Yeah, he's shown up and he's played a ton of snaps, and I like seeing that. You know, I won't need. I don't need to bring it up. At, bring it up again, but you know, he's a guy that kind of might have been like a little shocker into the spring. wasn't really expected. He's they were worried about him putting on some weight and such, and you know his work ethic, whatever. But man, it was great to see him out there. Whenever me and Dilu were there, and getting to see him. Gets so he got the most snaps I think out of any player out there. Him and Tate Rodemaker, I believe, were one and two on getting the most snaps during the spring. Um, and so Malik McLean, and I'm not counting out Joshua Burrell either. Uh, let's not forget that he also had a really nice spring too, coming in as a true freshman, has put on some size. The cat can squat friggin' half a grand. Uh, looks great. He's uh, he also makes some plays and catch the ball. Dustin, you are so jealous of these kids not being at, like lifting twenty times more than you. I just just get over it. And when you call people cat, what's wrong? You never, Austin. That's a regular thing. That's a regular. It, thing. it is a regular thing, but I yeah. almost hate it as much as anytime <laughs> you bring up someone's weight. Oh my god! Well, that doesn't that, that that's not going into the thing that i'm talking about with big cat like that's a that's, no, what do you want me to say big I, boy I is he gonna no, throw I up a fur ball while he's working out like <laughs> that's just, that's what you're thinking you're thinking of it like an animal cat i hate, I hate you calling a man a cat almost <laughs> as much as i say 
almost as much as I hate. Thank you. Just <laughs> saying how much weight someone gained in an offseason. It just really just blinds my gears. Yeah. Uh, people, if you use them both in the same sense, I want to leave the podcast. That's a big cat. Lines my gears. You look at you look at uh, Timmy Jernigan. That's a big cat. No, it's just uh, I can't believe y'all never heard that. No, oh I've heard God. it. Just because I've heard it doesn't mean I like kids, it. Kids these days, too much RuneScape and NBA 2K. Two games that were made a decade ago that are awful. Two games that you play. I don't play 2K or RuneScape. That's D- Dustin plays that. And you, I saw you on 2K earlier on Discord, uh, Austin. It tracks. I'm able to see when Dustin's on RuneScape and how long you're playing and Austin too. Right now, it's the only game that's working for me. So I'm, I'm kind of down bad. Oh, man. You're just really trying to get out of this cat argument any way you can, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, going back to bold predictions, VZ, the floor is yours. What is your bold prediction for I'm, fall camp? I'm going to the other side of the ball. And I'm going with a oh. guy that really flashed in the spring game. Kevin Knowles gets Ooh. rotation early. He had a really good spring game. He's covering guys well, had a pick. May have had two picks. I forget at this point. But he just, he looks athletic. Had a really nice pick. Dove and got it. I wouldn't be surprised if he saw early rotation. Early rotation. Is that bold? I need we need the we need the fan the listeners. I know you I know you've got another bold prediction, Logan. I've got a real bold bold one. I and then it's not easy doing like a fall camp bold prediction. I was just trying to find some content for this week, and I think it's pretty good. There's a lot of good stuff going on in this camp, and there's gonna be a lot of comp- competition. But I Kevin going back to Kevin Knowles, I thought he had a nice spring game. I thought he did very well, and he's very well respected in that locker room. D. Lou, you know, he's comes in uh, and. If you know if he's able to get some picks and be a star, man, what a perfect last name for him, dude! Talk about someone that needs to start utilizing that nil. All he needs to do is play very w- well on the play, very good on the field, and boom, he could utilize that nil in a big time. Get a few picks, get a pick or get a pick against Notre Dame, two picks against Notre Dame, man, he should take advantage of the name, image, and likeness. But I think there's a bright future there for that that young DB, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about him either. I think he's super talented. I mean, I've already said twice. He was just so good in the spring game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was mostly going up against what we're considering second-string guys, but he he just has a ton of talent. I'll go and give Get my this bold. comment off the screen. Get the – no. Can Get we block this guy? <laughs> Find a new show, James. No, James. It's been nice having comment. You. Thank you. Thank you, James. Dustin and Austin are really cool cats. Get right. unsubscribe button. Click that. No, don't do that. <laughs> Great God. Uh, <laughs> going into my bold prediction, I'm going to go ahead and uh, actually give a bold prediction and be a man here and have some hair on our chest here. I got to represent the team well here. I got I'd hear this spear. Yours is uh, it's like a grade B. Austin's is like B minus. Uh, of course, I got one more. It. Oh, you got one more? Yeah. What? What's your one more? I was going to let you go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with in the quarterback room. And I'm going to say Tate Rod. I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton going at it, battling very well. But I think in the end, I think overall, Jordan Travis is going to have the best fall camp out of all quarterbacks 
there. I think it's a pretty decent bold prediction. He obviously, I think, had the better spring. Not, not really fair, though, because Mackenzie Milton just arrived to FSU. Uh, it wasn't so pretty for him connecting well with wide receivers. And I think there's been a lot of time for Mackenzie Milton to work and try to build that chemistry and you know understand the route running for some of these guys that he'll be throwing to. But I think overall, I think Jordan Travis might shock some people and have the best uh, camp out of all the quarterbacks for FSU in fall camp. And we'll see if it turns out. It should turn into him being named a starter, but we'll see. The starter. It's a terrible bull take. Keep keep it a whole bunch. A terrible one. You said Kevin Knowles will be in a rotation. What? What? The second string rotation? Third string rotation? already had a better spring. Like, how is this? How is this a bold take? I think a lot of people longer. Well, if Nate was on here right now, let's all agree that he would be like saying uh, Mackenzie Melton's already the starter. So why doesn't make it doesn't make any sense anyways. Nate's not here to save you, though. Yeah, I know. Well, thank goodness. Maybe bad prediction. (laughs) I don't think I don't think so. Well, then that would eventually mean that he'd be the starter. If I say that it's a bold prediction that he has the best fall camp, that means he'll be a starter. So then people maybe will come after. Well, that, I would have some questions. For, if you come out saying, if you say he comes out of fall camp being the starter, like if you had just said that right away, then yeah, a little bit bold. But saying he'll have a better fall camp, not really that bold. I don't think that's that bold at all. It's about as bold as regular font. At, as regular font? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Oh, Austin. I saw that video of you shooting that basket the other day. How many? How much cutting did you have to do in that on that Twitter video? Because I saw you make that basket. I only cut it once because I made four in a row. And I just didn't want to do all four because it would have been a minute long video. Because I was ah uh, talk. No, you can do. You can well, do. You, you can I will see the whole video. seconds in between shots. No, it was like what it was like a minute long. I'm not gonna Wait, lie. That's bad math. Never mind. It was like 15 seconds each. I was really tired. It was at the end of, end of my workout. Mm. Wow, I don't do you, know. Do you like, want me to look, send you the video? No, 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 no. Don't you do you like workout it. videos. I can send it to you. Uh, no, not you throwing a basketball. No, I'll. I don't even want to watch that. I want he's to see. A sh- he's a shooting cat. Okay. See, now that's where Dustin just ruins everything. Now I can't like really say anything anymore. Dustin, go, go and give us your bold prediction <laughs> so we can get to Nate's nu- or Nate's Austin's right, so Nuggets. Probably, not really. Is- Shut up. This is probably the boldest <laughs> prediction of this entire segment because you guys have really let us down tonight. But, okay. Recent transfer defensive end, Marcus Cushney, will have the best fall camp out of any defensive lineman on the roster. Bold, and I like it. No, it's bold. The newest bold. player to arrive on the unit. It's bold. It's it took bold. Him, it, took him like, it took him about a month to earn a scholarship. So he's going to want to go out and prove himself. I can see it, and I like it. He looks like he's in great shape. I do like it. I think he's hungry. And he said he's coming to the ACC because he wants to get sacks and get paid. Wow. That's a pretty pretty good mission for a lot of people to have. But definitely him. I I mean, I I think it's it's worth – I'll give you it's worth a bold prediction. I think our last two were good bold predictions. Mine's like a bold one because it's – Kevin Knowles being in the rotation now. That's a what rotation of what? I just can't say anything you do is good. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it goes always 24 seven. 
Uh, there's a question on here, and if you guys were inside of the Discord, you guys would have a kind of a tip on this one. We talked about it earlier this week, but this is from Jen asking, will Chubba Purdy be at the fall camp? Young redshirt freshman quarterback. He, We were told just a little bit ago that he has arrived in Tallahassee. You guys kind of knew about that. Also, if you're a Patreon member inside the Discord, you would have known he was arriving in July. He spent a lot of time rehabbing and recovering from another upper body uh, surgery, but he has arrived in Tallahassee, and I'm expecting him to be almost at a full go for fall camp. So some good news there for sure. Definitely a depth. They're kind of looking at him as being a number three quarterback. We'll see. I think it'll be an interesting camp for him too, guys, uh, to watch because is he going to be coming back fully healthy? You know, there's still a lot of promise in him and talent, and there's a lot of guys that have some high hopes for him. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think, you know, we haven't even really been talking about him that much when it comes to the quarterback battle, but, you know, this guy has a ton of talent. Obviously, that rehab didn't go the way he wanted to it went a little bit longer than people thought but you know I think this is going to be a really big season maybe not you know playing wise for Chubba Purdy but he's going to get to learn from a guy like Mackenzie Milton who you know knows how to be a leader knows how to win knows how to perform at the highest level and I think those are just really really good qualities that Purdy could pick up himself to really help move him forward a little bit mentally, I would say mm-hmm. as he and starts to move towards, you know, eventually, hopefully being a, a young star in college football. Matthew Johnson here is thinking that he feels pretty comfortable with Milton, Travis and Purdy being there as quarterbacks. And I agree. I think definitely if Purdy comes in healthy and he's good to go, that's definitely a great set of quarterbacks that you can you set on. And Milton will be a huge leader in that room overall definitely for purdy and even jordan travis too i mean let's not get it wrong here mckenzie melton was at one time one of the best college football one of the best college athletes at the time but also quarterbacks in the country Uh, and that's going to help a ton in that in that film room in my opinion it's going to help a big time because film room definitely for quarterbacks is, is huge huge yeah i would say just about any school would be happy if chubba purdy was their third quarterback Question here. Definitely appreciate Khalil Young with the nine ninety nine uh, donation. Appreciate it, our guy here, regular regular viewer. He says Aslan from War Chant said that Josh Sweat was a letdown because he didn't live up to his five star rating. I strongly agree. How do you guys feel? They said they strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I said, like, I strongly disagree. Like, he disagrees. How do you feel? Before you agree or disagree, I have the stats in front of me because I was curious. Oh, Austin's got the stats on him. You always keep Josh Sweat's stats on you? No, I just – I got a quick (laughs) Google. Um, For a career, 138 total tackles, 29 tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks, an interception this freshman season, and a forced fumble. Three fumble recoveries as well. So what does that tell you? Was he, it's tough because that freshman year he was coming off from that horrific knee injury his in in high school. Yeah, so he was still working back from that his whole first year. He was solid. I wouldn't say he was quite up to a five star, but he was still a really good player for Florida State. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe production-wise, he didn't live up to being a five-star, but I thought overall, you know, he was solid at just about everything. He wasn't an elite pass rusher. He wasn't a lead at stop of the run, but I thought he had a good a good mix of a skill set where, you know, he could contribute at multiple facets. And obviously, that injury really hurt him. I think if he never has that knee injury, I mean, this is a guy that's probably a dominant star in college. I mean, that really, really hurt him. And, you know, there was some concern that he might never play football again. And I think, I think there was some thought at first that they might even have to amputate the leg. I mean, it was one of those really bad injuries. You think about a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, something like that. I mean, just a really freak injury. And I mean, even now, Josh Sweat, is he still signed in the NFL? Yep. I mean, this is a guy, he had a solid college career and now he's in the NFL making money. By all accounts, he represented Florida State very well during his career. I don't know how you can say he's a disappointment, but it's yeah. Aslan, so <laughs> who gives a shit? Well, um, no, I, I think Sweat, we, you all two touched on it, and the chat is also agreeing that, you know, going, coming from a knee injury like that and it taking practically almost two years to fully get back, and then you're instantly trying to get ready for the NFL, mm-hmm. and he's playing very well right now. Uh, he's playing well for the Eagles. Uh, he's got 10 sacks recorded right now with them up there in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, it, it's tough. It's hard to come in. Definitely. It was deaf before his injury. I mean, there was so much hype about him. And then once that injury before happened, it kind of hindered him before his injury in two games, his senior season, 25 tackles, 11 tackles for loss and eight sacks in two games. No, his high. If you watch his high school film, it's unbelievable. Like, and then, yeah, he, he would have been. I think he would have been completely different without that catastrophic injury. I mean, imagine if he would have just been able to continue on that um, path that he was on without having a setback. Yeah, the third game of the season tears his ACL and dislocates his knee. Went from the number one prospect with that injury and still finished number eleven in the class, which is pretty incredible. That tells you just how incredible this dude was in high school. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's move on to some basketball here before we kind of end everything off. Austin, you've had a busy last couple uh, 48 hours. Keep an eye on the transfer area with some target. Well, some big time targets and also some recruiting. Some of the recruiting stuff will stay in the Discord. But kind of give us the rundown on what's going on with uh, some of these transfers that's going on. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, the two big transfer targets are announcing this week that both have Florida State in their list. Musa Chise already announced this morning that he's going to Oklahoma State. It's not really a surprise. Um, anyone that was tuned into that transfer recruitment pretty much knew it was Oklahoma State. Um, what I'd been hearing was he wanted into Florida State, and Florida State was kind of like, eh, we're, we're good. We don't, we don't think we really need you that much. Um, I think he's got a ton of potential. His defensive impact is – massive but offensively he was a negative analytically statistically however you want to put it, he was a negative on offense for memphis last year i seemed that you needed some offense so had he come to florida state you're kind of looking at the same thing you already have with tanner ingham obviously chisa has a much higher ceiling i'm not saying that um but it, it ended up being found a spot in oklahoma state and then the big one tomorrow or today if you're listening to it uh when the podcast comes out Kofi Coburn, Illinois transfer, 
um, announced his top three a few days ago of Illinois, Kentucky, and Florida State. And everyone's like, oh, wow, Florida State, that's that's new. We haven't heard that. Then almost immediately you find out, oh, Kentucky's not really in this recruitment at all. This Coach Kyle hasn't contacted him. Um, really, it was just a nod to the two coaches that recruited him at Illinois uh, went to Kentucky. So everyone's like, oh, so it's Illinois, Florida State. It's Illinois. I'm not going to say anything that's going to shock him, but he's probably going back to Illinois. But it's crazy that the, the Illinois beat writers are like, just keeping an eye out for Florida State, even just a couple hours ago, scrolling through their boards, and they're all like, Florida State's still right there. You know, it's probably Illinois, but he hasn't 100% told the staff, hey, I'm going back to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I'd be shocked if it's anything but Illinois, but he's the best transfer we've arguably ever seen in the transfer portal. He's that good of a player. I mean, mm-hmm. he was averaging 18 points, what, eight or nine rebounds last year. He's okay defensively. You would think that if he went to a team like Florida State that has you know, Coach Jones and Leonard Hamilton that he'd get right on defense while still having that offensive impact. He could be something special going going to the NBA whenever he wants to. But probably going back to Illinois, take advantage of a nice little NIL boost, and uh, Florida State will be looking for yet another transfer big. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you said it, but Florida State, they were on him pretty hard out of high school, right? Yeah, they were on him heavy out of high school. Um, it was it was him, Omar Payne, who's also now coincidentally at Illinois, originally went to Florida. Um, they're after both of them really hard coming out of high school, um, and they ended up getting Balsha, who Balsha was great, especially this season down the stretch. Balsha was phenomenal, but decided to leave early, and now they're looking for another big. You know, if if they could somehow squeeze out Coburn, which I, I don't really see it. He seems to be one of those guys that cares about himself. I, I don't want to say this in a negative term, but he, he, he wants to build up his brand. And that's not what Coach Ham's about. You know, it's, this is a team. You're going to operate in a team. My 10's better than your five kind of thing. I, I obviously, he'd fit phenomenally stylistically, but personality, I don't know. There's a question down here. Austin, if you see it down below from our guy Mendoza, asking, what can Austin tell me about Derek Lively the second? Um, if you think he's going anywhere other than Kentucky, you're fooling yourself. He is Kentucky bound. He was pretty much always been Kentucky bound. Florida State's recruiting him very curiously. You know, they see him as like a John Isaac type that can play the four or the five, which I, I don't really see. He's 7'1, 240. Um, obviously, he has the ability to stretch out mid-range, and he, maybe it has the potential to stretch out to three. But he's a five. Uh, Florida State recruitment as a four kind of seems kind of gimmicky to me. Um, but he was high school teammates with Jalen Worley. That's obviously going to play a factor. But he, he's going to Kentucky. And then I don't know if you want to give any kind of hints or anything about some stuff that you shared inside the Discord last night. Uh, but, you know, there might be some momentum for FSU or Florida State's feeling pretty good about some targets. Yeah, t- 2022, um, let's just say it's looking like an all-time great class. You know, we've already talked about Jason Gortman a couple weeks ago and then Julian Phillips and Dylan Mitchell going to campus a couple weekends ago. And even Derek Whitehead, who everyone thinks is heavy Duke lean, I'll just say it's not as heavy of a dukeling as people thought. You know, there, there's some stuff coming out from Florida State side that, 
Yeah, he really likes Florida State, really enjoyed his visit, um, had, had a phenomenal time on his visit. It's going to be one of those things that people might be a little bit surprised just because this is my theory. I don't know if it's true, but the guy <laughs> that makes all these edits for these recruits is Tipton Edits, and he's a huge Duke fan. So, of course, he's in his comments saying, Duke, Duke, Duke. Um, mm-hmm. Tariq was a Duke fan growing up, but it's kind of tough to go – to a brand new head coach at Duke, you know, how is he going to perform under the shadow of Mike Krzyzewski after he retires? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be one of those things. It's two months. We're going to be out two years. Cause he said to announce August 1st. Um, and it's one of those things where if Florida state was somehow to land all four of these guys, you're looking at a class that would have finished second in this year's class for 2021. If you line up the numbers. They're all four top 30 players, I think, off the top of my head. Whitehead's sixth, Gortman's 10th, Phillips is 25th, and Mitchell's 30th. So even the two guys that aren't five stars, they're borderline five stars, and I believe Mitchell's going to get there before too long. Um, I'm just wondering, I mean, what is Leonard Hamilton doing, man? This point guard, he's only six foot one. He's not six yeah. foot eight. What's going on? He's, huh. six, he's six foot one with a six eight wingspan. We're recruiting normal-sized guys now. Six foot one, six eight wingspan with insane athleticism. Uh, he's not your normal six one point guard. This is a guy that can get off the floor in a hurry. Um, That's crazy. He's going to be a midget out there. And then you you, you look at Phillips Whitehead and Mitchell. <laughs> Phillips Whitehead and Mitchell. Obviously, Whitehead's the bigger question mark of the three. But you, know, you look at those three; they're all they're all four set guys, long, athletic, can defend one through four, and even some fives depending on the school. You know, they're looking really, really nice for 2022. I don't see a – I really don't see a three-star in sight that Florida State's after. They're going after the filet mignons. These they're, after them they're, they're after them and they're going to get their handful of them. Mm. It's, More it's info. Looking special. More info in the Discord. We did a bat cave last night. Keep yep. an eye out. We're – I think Gortman and Mitchell announced before the month is over, and then Whitehead's August 1st, and things are heating up. Getting the Discord, guys. Telling definitely before fall camp begins. you got fall camp. we got Nate, or Austin's Nuggets. you got Dustin and Nate. We've also got Mikey, our newest addition. Shout out to Mikey Clark. Just joined our staff to help recruiting coverage. So we're just getting kind of ramped up here, and the place to be is patreon.com slash nullgameday. It can only be two ninety nine. A month you guys can join and be in on a lot of these nuggets, man. There's so many things that get shared a week. It's crazy. Um, and definitely once fall camp rolls around and definitely when Austin gets into his basketball stuff, along with recruiting too, I mean, it's just nonstop. So uh, definitely suggest you guys joining. It's very easy to use and you can use it on your phone and it's awesome. Uh, gentlemen, anything else before we end off the pod? Any kind of messages you guys want to send out to loved ones or last remarks before uh, we head out of here. Please sponsor us. <laughs> you think, you think, what do you need? Help, help keep this show going. It's going off the rails. <laughs> I thought we did a pretty good show tonight. That's a saucer. I don't know what Dustin's talking about. I think he's uh, depressed. Negative. We're down, we're down 40% of our crew. Yeah. We're having it. We're having to put in extra work. Hey, so we use a sponsorship. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe there are some on the horizon. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe there are some. We'll, we would love we would love to advertise for someone. We would love. I think we do a pretty good job too. I think. I think so. We'll get Dustin to say everything. 
Um, so, so he can talk in the same monotone voice like this. Yeah, that, yeah. that's probably why we don't have one. That's probably exactly why. Talking like he's in an ASMR kind of Sorry, kinky, kinky thing going on here. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, all right. I think that's going to do it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is Hear the Spirit presented to you by Noel Game Day. As always, you guys, if you want to listen just on a podcast while you're at the gym or driving home from work or driving to work, you can go to uh, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. We're also on YouTube, too. So you guys can go subscribe wherever you'd like. We definitely appreciate when you guys drop a like or simply hit subscribe. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Next week, we start getting into, we're going to get recap the ACC Media Day. We're going to get through all those interviews. We just talked a ton about Jermaine Johnson, Mackenzie Milton, Jordan Travis being those three guys representing the Seminoles up there in Charlotte. So we will be coming back here to recap that, and then we start getting into some fall camp stuff. We're getting into some previews of the position groups and a lot of the episodes coming up. So, man, football's coming, gentlemen. And ladies out there, things things are happening. Football, feel it, feel it coming. So, hope everybody has a great rest of y'all's week. Enjoy uh, the rest of uh, the week. I'm gonna say that again for the second time. I need to go ahead and end this thing before I screw everything up and end off a really good show. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's week.